All right, here we go. Take two of that. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Aspiring Adult Podcast. And I have been on a whirlwind trip really since leaving Boston. I obviously drove all the way to California and then since being in California have traveled every single week since being here so I really haven't gotten to develop any routines and that has been very draining on my mental health to be honest so that is kind of the premise of the episode today and the premise is burnout and I know a lot of us are very familiar with the concept of burnout at work, but there's also burnout just in real life in the sense of there's a lot going on all of the time, all the time. Like yesterday, not yesterday, Monday. Wow, this week is flying, I guess. On Monday, I had the absolute hardest time getting out of bed in the morning. I had the absolute hardest time being at work. I had the absolute hardest time leaving work. I then came home, took a nap on my floor, which I still am taking naps on my floor because for some reason, it is so hard for me to sit down and order myself a beanbag chair. Like, it is not, and I I know what you're thinking, why would you order, like, you could order a bed, you could order a couch, but you're ordering a bean bag chair. Yes, I live in a small studio apartment. Like, a bean bag chair is going to be my couch because I also have to keep a surfboard, a bike, all of my other items in my apartment as well. And a bean bag chair, you can kind of just like smush wherever you need to smush it. And there's no structural integrity and everything can fit in your apartment pretty seamlessly. So, that's the first part of the idea of why I want a beanbag. But buying a beanbag for me is so stressful and it triggers a lot of different and it really kind of summarizes in a whole why I feel like I am struggling or why I was struggling on Monday because buying a beanbag chair means that I have to check my finances, which means, which is something that I have not done since moving, which I'm not, like, I don't spend money on a whim, really. I kind of only spend money for necessities, but since moving, I've been spending more money than I anticipated just for travel expenses, for food, for things around my apartment, buying an e-bike, things like that, and just gas is more expensive here. So, Those are a few things that I've had to keep in my registry of what my bills are probably going to look like. That and my rent has gone up about $400 a month. Whatever. It's fine. It's great. Um, So then I just start thinking about how I haven't checked my finances and then I feel really guilty about not checking my finances. And then I think about how I forgot to pay my taxes or not forgot to pay my taxes forgot to pay like some sort of bill or something earlier this year for my car and so now I have an outstanding bill for my car that I need to pay which is also causing me anxiety and if I just pay it like that anxiety will go away 
I also have anxiety because I submitted these reimbursement claims to the company that I flied out to Ohio to go and speak at an event for and haven't heard anything back. So that whole realm of money is just very sensitive for me right now. It makes me very anxious. And then thinking about that, I think to myself of how I just want to be supported and how I want to have like financial independence, but also want to have someone to rely on in the event of, hey, you check my finances because I don't really want to do this. And then it leads me down the path of, okay, I want someone that's going to take care of me in terms of a significant other or a boyfriend or what have you. Then that leads me down the road of, okay, I just got broken up with slash we weren't really dating, but we were talking every day and bummed about that. So going back and reading all those texts has been super, super fun. And then um, trying to make a Hinge account and trying to make a Bumble account. And it's just, it's really depressing because... I like, I don't know. I know exactly what I want. I know the type that I'm looking for. And it's just like, I'm not, not finding it. So it's just really frustrating on that front. And then I think about how I'm going to be alone forever. And then I think about, okay, well, if I can't find somebody to support me, then I'm, I'm just going to be alone. And then I start thinking about, okay, well, if I were in the person that I want to be with shoes, what would I be doing? And how do I put myself in positions where I could be where that other person is going to be? And then I start thinking about, okay, I just moved to this new area and I don't have many girlfriends yet. I should prioritize friendships over these male relationships because that seems to be more fruitful for me and it'll make me feel more established, more at home in the long term. And then I start thinking about all the hobbies that I want to do and all the things that I want to be a part of. And then I get overwhelmed because those also come with expenses. So if I want to be a part of a pottery class, that's going to cost like $200 for like a month. That's a lot of money. And then I start thinking about, okay, well, I don't need to do that. I can just do things like running clubs. And then I think about, okay, I'm going to go to this running club tonight And then I think about going to the running club and then I ultimately get debilitated on the fact that I'm going to be meeting up with people at 6 p.m. So it's going to be dark out and these people are just not going to know who I am. And then I start making up these scenarios in my head of how I think things are going to play out. And I'm like, it's just dark and I, I can't really imagine the conversation that I would have with somebody in the dark while we're running and I'm not really that great of a runner yeah I've run three marathons but I don't think that I could really have a good conversation with somebody while I'm running but I don't know because I really haven't done it before because I don't like running with people because I'm insecure about it and then I start thinking about okay well maybe I'll just meet somebody through networking events at work and then I start thinking about how frustrated I am at work and how I haven't been promoted be because I've been working so hard I'm I'm feeling even more frustrated and bogged down by that and it all really stems from the beanbag it stems from the beanbag chair <laughs> and so from all of that I 
that was where I was spiraling on Monday. I was just like, wow, I like am at such a low point in my life where I am sleeping on the floor, where I make nearly six figures and I'm sleeping on the floor and I'm worried about how I'm going to afford a beanbag chair and how I'm going to meet my husband. And it just a really this sad spiral of events that when I'm in it, it feels so debilitating, but reflectively looking back on it, it's not as, it's not as daunting and it's, I'm able to laugh at it now, just days later. Oh my God, there's a bug in Living in a basement apartment has been, I'm at one with bugs now, apparently, because they're everywhere. Anyways, so, oh my God, there it is. Got it. Crushed it. Fuck yeah. All right. Okay, so it feels really debilitating when you're in it. And then while also during my spiral, I was like, you know what? You know what's going to solve all of this? I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to work on a ranch. And I want to figure out how to become a rancher because I want to own my own ranch because I don't want to be anyone's reportee or I don't want to have to report to anybody. I want to be my own boss and I just want to own horses and ride them all day. And then maybe, maybe have like a garden or like a cattle farm or something. I don't know. But that's like, this is all just this, this pipe dream that I have, right? So I am not happy in corporate America. And my thing is, I don't really think anybody is, but it's the easy thing to do. So the options really are here. I stay in corporate America and I keep doing my job and I just feel this way for the rest of my life. Or I quit my job and I pursue something and risk failing, having complete economic downfall and have to move back in with my dad and have zero dollars to my name. And then that's going to make it really hard to send my kids to college. And you might be wondering, what kids do you have? I have no kids. I have no boyfriend. I have no husband. I have no prospects of getting impregnated anytime soon. But that's what comes to my brain. If I quit my job, if I quit my job, how am I going to send my kids to college? That's how warped my brain is. And I think for a lot of people, that's how their brains are wired as well. So we're all under this mental construct of staying in corporate America because it's easy. Not because it's easy. It's staying in corporate America because that's the path that we've all chosen to go down. Most of my friends have gone to college or gone to a trade school, gone to a community college to go and get a career. Either that or they are working a job that they are, I don't know, like they, that, that's it. That, that's it. That's really kind of the commonality. It's rare for someone to drop out of the rat race to go and pursue something that they actually want to do because the rat race is like the solid thing to do and I think that it goes back to me wanting a significant other so that way I can drop out of the rat race and do what I want to do and know that my significant other is going to be a supporter of me financially and I can do what I want to do. I'm going to make money, but just not that much. And you know what? It's it's a really convoluted game. But anyways, so thinking about 
becoming a rancher, thinking about owning a ranch, being on a ranch, being a ranch hand, I'm not really sure. I started networking with people on LinkedIn who are ranchers, shepherds, and hoping to learn about the industry because I'm interested. So that's what I did. And now I'm just wondering if anything is really going to come from those LinkedIn requests, because I'm thinking about when a rancher would get on LinkedIn and like why they would be on LinkedIn. Nonetheless, that is something that I did. And it is really a true testament to where I'm currently at in my life because I feel at 25 that I'm supposed to have a lot more figured out and I know people will probably listen to this and be like oh my god you're so young 25 is not old like you don't need to have anything figured out blah 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 whatever dude like I'm a planner even though I'm type b I like to have some sort of plan in place of what's going on I've already created this made-up plan that I'm gonna get married and have a kid even though I've said on previous podcasts that I don't want to get married but like that is just what's ingrained in my head as to what's gonna happen and the more and more I think about it the more and more I realize that I'm probably just gonna not do that and that's scary to me and so I've been thinking thinking a lot about it and I've decided that people because this is a conversation that I've been having with a lot of my friends we're all kind of at a crossroads of is this really what life is are we really gonna be working for the next 40 to 50 years doing whatever we're doing like when I had to go in and pick out my Roth IRA date is that what it was was it a Roth IRA was it a 401k whatever it was the date in which I retire was like 2065 what the so that's not it's not something I'm really gearing up to be too excited about so I'm sitting here with all my friends in California talking about how nice it would be for me to just become like a cowgirl, want to be a rancher. I think every girl wants to own a little ranch and have a little farm and have horses. If you don't admit to that, you're a liar. But okay, I won't accuse you of being a liar, but I just know you're being dishonest. Okay. All my friends are like, yeah, I just want to own a coffee shop and surf all the time and just want to be living my life right so why is there such a negative connotation of people that want their lives to be their hobby when I was in high school or college and I thought to myself oh you work at a coffee shop like you want to work at a coffee shop for the rest of your like that's a job like what's your career what do you want to do with that like oh no like I'm content I felt really sad for those people. And now, looking back on it, I'm sad for me. Because now, I'm just a corporate cog. And you get to work at a coffee shop, meet cool people, make coffee. Because that's what you enjoy doing. Like, what do I enjoy doing? I'll tell you what I don't enjoy doing. But being 25, or being in the your 20s, is such a weird phenomenon. Because... 
there's days where I'm proud of myself because I'm not because I'm saving money. I'm contributing to my 401k. I'm maxing out my Roth IRA and I'm saving money. And I'm proud of that because I know that it's going to impact me beneficially in the future. And I guess that's what I'm living for, the future. And so while I'm sitting here preparing myself for the future, I'm wondering when I get to experience my life. When do I get to stop telling myself no on things and start saying yes because I want to actually enjoy my life? And I mean this mostly financially because there are there was a good portion of time in college, like I would say I'm a frugal, frugal gal, all right? Going back to the beanbag, I won't buy a beanbag. I'm a frugal gal. So I I would say in college, I didn't really go out to eat that much. I like refused to really go grocery shopping. I was a dining hall girly through and through and I wasn't going to spend a single dime elsewhere because I knew that the dining hall food would suffice. Same with drinking. I used to bring flasks out because I was like, I'm not paying for a drink like that's ridiculous, especially when we have liquor at home. So I would bring my own flasks. That was a bad idea. I don't ever recommend doing that. You do not need to do that. That's that'll get you messed up. And that kind of then perpetuated into my adult life in the realm of I don't go out to eat very often. Not because I don't enjoy going out to eat. I like eating good food, but it's just I would rather save my money for whatever reason. I for that child that I'm going to send to college apparently. So for me, I've been trying to say yes to things that I wouldn't normally say yes to, and I'm finding a little bit of discomfort in that. I'm finding a little bit of discomfort in going to a restaurant, ordering the food that I want to order instead of the food that is the cheapest. I'm finding discomfort in planning trips or saying yes to things or going to places that I wouldn't normally go to because I don't want to pay for gas. I don't want to pay for the ticket. I don't want to pay for the commuting, the parking, what have you. And trying to get more on board with, this is just part of life. Like You spend money to do things that you enjoy doing. Similar with me having hobbies and doing hobby groups and having like a ceramics or pottery group that I'm going to and spending, what, $200 a month. Like It really, at the end of the day, is $200 really going to set me back that bad? Probably not. Probably not, but for some reason, I've convinced myself I must save every penny. I don't really shop that much. Like, the majority of the clothes that I have in my closet are clothes that my mother has purchased me from high school, which, oddly enough, had has benefited me in a very weird way because in high school, it was really trendy to dress from a J. Crew catalog, and for that, I am thankful. For that, I am very thankful because... Now I get to wear all of those clothes to work. And those, not, like, I got this sweater. Like, it's a, it's, it's a cute turtleneck that I really like. But I got this and I wore this in high school. Because I was like, oh my god, that's so cute. I'm going to wear that all the time. And I dressed like a middle-aged woman that was on her way to work. And 
again, for that, I am thankful. And for that, I have nice clothes. And I didn't really, like, I did have a Shein era or Sheen or however you say it era. Because, again, I was a frugal girl and I didn't want to really spend money. But then I was like, environment is greater than symbol money. And so that's when I really got into the realm of saving money. But now I'm more along the lines of brand name is way better than quantity. Quality is better than quantity, which is something that I didn't really understand growing up. But when you have nice things, they last longer and you don't need to buy as much of them. So then you end up saving money and that's it. So with all of that and saving money and being frugal and trying to get out of my comfort zone in spending money that I didn't necessarily think that I wanted to spend at this age. I'm still working on it, clearly. I have not bought the beanbag yet. I think I just need to pull the trigger on that and just buy it. I don't know why it's so hard for me. But nonetheless, there... And the the difficult thing for me is I want to live in the now, but I want to be responsible. And I don't know how to be both because it feels, it really, really feels like you have to be one or the other. You have to be an impulsive buyer, be extremely impulsive with your money, or on the complete opposite side of the coin, you have to be an extreme saver. I just am really having a hard time finding the balance in it all because I want to, like, I can tell you a list of all the things that I want to go do. And the majority of it is travel and riding horses. (laughs) This podcast is actually about horses. Um, It's not about trying to figure out what to do with yourself in your 20s. Nonetheless, nonetheless, trying to figure out what you want to do, trying to figure out how money plays a factor in that and how this... Like, the root of my spiraling, the root of my recent depressive episode was largely rooted in money. And it was largely rooted in planning and largely rooted in how I thought my life was supposed to play out. I'm working on trying to figure out how to get myself out of the construct of you have to have a boyfriend at this age so that you can be married at this age so you can have kids at this age so that you way you can have a successful life and have retirement money and all the things that I've been told like my whole life and it's just really a stressful period of time because it feels like the stop clock start clock stop clock what is it stop clock stop clock I feel like the stop clock started when I hit 25 And it was really just like, what impact are you making on the world? Hmm? Not making an impact. You're working at a tech company and you make a decent salary. What impact are you making on the world? What are you doing to be better in the world? What are you doing to make this place a better place? Tough question because I don't know. I don't know. I'm 25. I'm trying to figure it out. I don't even know. I'm not even working in my major anymore. How'd that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Then you start thinking and you're wondering, okay, if I'm not making an impact in the world, at least am I happy? And you're like, oh, shit. Am I happy? Am I doing the things that I want to be doing? And you really start deconstructing yourself at your core, core, which 
there is a lot of value in. I will admit that. And I think that the best way to move forward is really assessing where you at where you're at. So and that's also difficult to say because it's like, how do I move forward? What is the next step? Because again, I'm a planner. Love to plan. Anyways, so we're at the point where we're recognizing that, all right, are we happy? And you really have to decide what's the root of your happiness? How do you decide whether or not you're happy? If you're not doing what you love to be doing, are you spending time with the people that you want to be spending time with? Are you producing things, putting things out into this world that you are happy about? Are you making art? Are you being a creator if you're a creator? Are you writing if you're a writer? Like, what are you doing? And it becomes such a a difficult question to then really come to terms with because it's like, shit am I doing anything and then you're you start really wondering like oh my god what am I doing I'm only spending time thinking about work I'm only spending time talking about work I don't really get to spend that much time with people that I really care about I'm not really placing enough emphasis on my relationships I'm not really placing enough emphasis on myself and it really just becomes these cyclical waves of anxiety and Everywhere you look, like you try and run away and hide in social media where you think that you're safe and you think that you can get on TikTok and just zone out. And then you realize your TikTok algorithm has suddenly become horses and people living in the mountains. And you're like, oh my God, I can't escape this idea that I'm supposed to live out in the woods. And then when you get on Instagram, because you're like, all right, I need to get away from that. You go on Instagram and you see that all of your best friends from high school have just gotten married. You're like, holy shit, I'm so single. So that, this is the podcast episode. You're just listening to me complain for 30 minutes. No, I'm kidding. What I hope you find in this podcast episode is that you find solidarity in knowing that you're not the only 20-something that doesn't have it figured out. You're not the only 20-something that worries about buying a beanbag chair and how that might affect how you're going to be able to pay for your future child's college tuition. You're not alone in thinking that there's burnout from life and trying to create a hinge account and there's burnout at work and there's burnout on trying to cook yourself dinner. Like there is a life burnout. There's more than just work burnout. You can be burnt out on life and that's fine. It doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. You need to recognize that you're burnt out and there's something that you need to do to pick yourself up because you don't want to be stuck in that state for the rest of your life. And so for me, my outlet in doing that was working out. I was laying on the floor on Monday and I was texting my brother, Nico, and I told him that I didn't feel good and that I felt sick and I didn't know what to do. And he was like, well, did you poop today? Did you drink enough water? Are you sleeping good enough? And I was like, no, no, and no. So really checking in and doing the basic bare minimum is what ended up being pretty helpful to me. And even at that, it's like, okay, no, I didn't eat correctly. No, I didn't get enough sleep. No, I didn't drink enough water. 
but how do I fix that now? How do I make things better now? Because I'm still not feeling great. So I did my next best thing. I took a bath. Baths, for some reason, have a curing effect on me. I love to take a good bath. I love a good soak. I know people are grossed out by that sometimes, but I think that having a nice moment where you put your phone away, you turn the lights off, you light a candle, you sit in your water and you just have no thoughts, that is divine. That's perfect. That's amazing. And I think that that is something that I didn't get to do in Boston because I didn't have a bathtub. And now I'm very grateful to be able to do that in California. So when that didn't work, I was like, all right, what do I do? What do I do now? I've tried pooping. I've tried drinking water. I've tried having a meal and I've tried taking a bath. So now what do I do? And I was like, all right, I need to just get on a routine. I need to do what I would always do because that's the only way that I'm going to feel good. And then I was like, okay, I need to go to the gym. I need to work up the energy to go to the gym. And so I convinced myself I was going to go to the gym at a certain time. I was going to go to a sauna and the sauna was going to be my special little treat for going to the gym because I, I, I love a sauna. I'm a, I'm a big fan of a sauna. So I convinced myself to go. I get my little outfit on. I walk to the gym. On my walk to the gym, I'm like, all right, I'm going to call my mom. I feel like I need to cry. I haven't cried since being here. I need to cry. And so I'm like, all right, for whatever reason, the tears aren't coming. The tears aren't coming. My mom's not answering. The tears aren't coming. Why am I not crying? And then I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep walking. So I finally get to the gym. I do my little workout. I get my little sauna on. And all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, I feel so much better. I feel so much better. I went to this little YMCA soccer game for my coworkers, and I was just really feeling so much better. Feeling so much better. I I don't even know how to express it. Getting back into a routine and doing something that you actually enjoy doing when you're not really in the mindset to be doing it is so helpful because it reminds you who you are and what interests you have and doing something positive for your body really truly has an effect on your mind. Your mind has a direct correlation to how your body's feeling, which again is largely why my brother was asking me how much water had I drank? How have I been eating? Have I pooped recently? Like my body was not being well taken care of. Therefore, my mind was not in a positive state. So Keeping that in mind and trying to do a reset is, I guess, the advice that I would give. And I know that that sounds silly, especially when you are in one of those downward spirals or in a depressive episode that, oh, you don't think I've tried that? No, I do. I do think that you've tried that. But sometimes going and doing the thing that you don't want to do, even though you know you enjoy doing it, is worth doing. And so if you take anything away from this episode, I hope that you take that away and take away that there is solidarity in knowing that other 20-somethings are also going through the same thing that you're going through. Other 20-somethings are quitting or contemplating quitting their corporate job to go live in the woods and have a horse or go and live on an island and go surfing every day. People are thinking about it. You're not alone. 
and you're not crazy for wanting to do that. You're also not crazy for wanting to work at your corporate job so that way you can save money and have money for when you retire. None of it is crazy. It's just what you want to do. And I think that being at 25 or in your mid-20s, it's so scary because you finally have a taste of the real world. You know what it's like to be out on your own. And then you start wondering what's the value that you bring to others as opposed to what is the value that you have yourself and where do you place yourself on that value spectrum. So think a little bit more about what you want, what's going to be serving to you, and less about what the norms are. Less about who's going to care if you quit your job and work at a coffee shop or who's going to care if you quit your job and work at a farm in Montana. Who's going to care if you keep your corporate job and continue to work it for the rest of your working life so that way you can support a family if that's what you want to do no one cares no one cares just do what is serving to you and then and I know trust me I know that is easier said than done I'm still trying to figure it out because it's like all right why do we have to pick why do I have to pick unfortunately That seems like that is the play right now. So unless you're an entrepreneur and you want to create something for yourself, that's probably the best option out of it. But at the time being, unless you have like a trust fund or some weird source of income, and I'm using entrepreneur very loosely, then you can avoid needing to have a corporate job and needing to worry about finances and needing to worry about whether you're going to be set in life. Because if everyone just did what they wanted to do and didn't worry about money, the world would be such a better place. It really would. Everyone would be happy all the time. But unfortunately, people have to work for money. People have to live for money. And that's it. That's that's really it. So do what you want to do. And if you want to save, save. If you don't want to save, don't save. Spend your money. Go do what you want to do. Do what's going to make you happy. All right? So, but then, again, like, I say this all with a grain of salt. Like, live within your means. Know what you can do. Know what you can't do. You don't want to end up in a bad situation where you can't support yourself at the at the very least. So, keep that in mind. And, yeah, just be happy. That's all. That's all. Just stop being so upset and stop spiraling. Like, super easy. No, but seriously, this is a really difficult thing to navigate. And I feel like a lot of people are having a difficult time with it, especially in the era of social media and being able to see what everyone else is doing, right? So also with that, remember that people normally only post good things on the internet, not anything bad that's happening or really what their financial situations are. So keep that in mind. All right, everyone. So thanks for listening to another episode of The Aspiring Adult. I hope that you were able to find solidarity in this episode and resonate with at least something that I said or find impact in trying to get yourself out of a rut. So again, treat yourself kindly, make yourself happy, do things that you want to do. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye.